Good morning. How's everybody today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's, uh, let's sing this song as we start out this service in this year. Here we go. seated and I want to welcome you today welcome and happy new year man can you believe that it's already January of 2023 like I, I can't believe how fast time flies and I don't know about you but for me I'm not a big new year's person how many of you stayed up till midnight okay how many of you were trying to go to bed before midnight but the fireworks kept you up okay yeah that's me all right I don't know about Jan what it is with January, but January to me often just feels like a cold Monday morning. Like the whole month 
just kind of feels like a cold Monday morning. I don't know why, but you know, there's something about the fall and the anticipation of the upcoming holiday. You have Thanksgiving to look forward to, and you have cherished time with friends and with family. And, and then after Thanksgiving, you, have, you look forward to Christmas and all that comes with that, and, and parties and time off work and, and all those things. And then New Year's comes, and then it's just like, what's next? taxes or something else, right? I mean, there's just, there's not a lot going on right now in January. And, uh, but for many of us, January is not like that. Maybe I'm just kind of a Scrooge when it comes to uh, New Year's Eve. For some of us, though, uh, the new year means a new opportunity for setting some goals that you're going to just crush this year. For others of us, maybe it's an opportunity to have a second chance at something. Uh, uh, some new opportunities are, arise for you in the new year. Wherever you are at when it comes to new year, my sincere hope and prayer is that you and your family are blessed by God this new year. So happy new year. For those of you who are brand new this morning, if this is your first time here at Crossroads, man, we are so glad that you chose to spend this time with us this morning. We value this time so much. In fact, we think this is one of the most important things we can do uh, in our week is to gather together with other believers and, and worship our King. And so thanks for being here this morning with us. If if this is your first time here, we'd love to connect with you. You can simply text the word new to the number on the screen. Uh, this is just a way for us to, to hear that you're here and, uh, and just to make a connection with you and to, to chat about any questions you might have or, or what it means to be a part of Crossroads Church. If, this, if you're not new to, uh, today, this morning's going to look totally different than every other week. All right, if, if you've been here for a while, you kind of have an idea in your mind about what things are going to look like this morning. And I just want to tell you from the beginning that this is going to look totally different. You see, our goal this morning is to offer you uh, just 60 minutes or so of retreat. Our goal this morning is to, to start this new year off by just taking some time to pause, by taking some time to, to take a breath. You know, for many of us, this, these last few weeks have been so busy, like the, hu the hustle and bustle of the season, a lot of stress, a lot of things going on. For, for many of us, it feels like you're underwater. Just this week, my family and I went to go see the new Avatar movie. How many of you have seen that movie? Oh, just a few of you. Okay, well, it's fun. It's, it's worth going to see, especially in 3D, okay? And here's the problem, though, with it is that it's uh, like a third of the movie is underwater. And when you're watching in 3D, you really feel like you're underwater with these characters. And as they're gasping for breath, you kind of find yourself like short uh, on breath too. Have you ever experienced that maybe with another movie or something like that where you just, you just don't feel like you can catch your breath? That's, that's kind of like the season that we've been in for many of us. Maybe for some of us, it's longer than the last few weeks. Maybe it's been the last few months or even the last few years. You feel like you just simply can't catch your breath. Stress, anxiety, pressures at work, financial issues, whatever it might be, grief, sorrow, fear. It's a lot of things that can just sort of uh, hold us back and, and kind of collapse in around us. And so again, our goal this morning is just to stop and to take a breath. And what I want to invite you to do now is actually just to intentionally take a few deep breaths together. If you'd like, you can close your eyes. But what we're, we're going to do is we're just going to breathe in for four seconds, hold our breath for a couple seconds, and then slowly exhale. Would you do that with me? Man, doesn't that feel good? 
just to kind of stop, take a breath. I'd encourage you to continue that intentional breathing throughout the course of our time together. You know, when it comes to breathing, there's, it's so good for us. Not only like, is it good for us, it keeps us breathing, breathing keeps us breathing, uh, but there's so many other physiological benefits like lowering stress and, and lowering anxiety and lowering our blood pressure, increasing calm, right? It allows our, our brains to, to function better when we're intentionally breathing. But, but, but here's the other thing is that it, it, it also shows us how dependent we are. Have you ever thought about that? You know, as humans, we, we really like to think that we're super independent, don't we? That's one of our values. We, we love to be independent people. We love to be strong, independent people that we can do whatever it is we want to do. But when you really stop and think about it, at the end of the day, we are super, super dependent. I mean, just to name a few things that we're dependent on, like food, I mean, if you really had to, you could go a few weeks without food, maybe a little bit longer, but, but, but at some point you realize, like, I need food or water, right? You can't go quite as long uh, as food as you can with water, but, but you can go a little while without lo- water before your body starts to, to shut down. Or sleep. How about sleep? I don't know about you, but man, when I don't sleep well, like, you don't want to be around me. My kids just learned how dependent they are on sleep this week when they came to the youth lock-in Friday night here and they stayed up all night long. They realized quickly, like, my body needs to rest. But when it comes to breath, man, we are so dependent on breath, on oxygen in our lungs. In fact, I've heard it said before that that every human being has a two-minute lifespan. But every time you breathe, the clock resets. Not only is breath good for us physiologically, has a lot of benefits for us, but in Scripture we see just this uh, incredible amount of focus on breath. It's all throughout Scripture. So just to name a couple as we get started, at the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 2, you see God had just created everything, right? He just sat back like in his easy chair and started throwing stars kind of into space and, and creating planets. And then on earth, he decided to make things like fish and butterflies and, and trees and, and apples and like all this amazing stuff. And then he realizes like, I'm not finished yet. I haven't made the crown creation that, that I have in mind. And so what he does is he, he kneels down in the dirt and he creates... Humankind, And it says it this way in, in Genesis chapter 2. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Like I love just the word image of this scene where God kneels down into the dirt that he just made and and sort of makes this like Play-Doh figurine into a little man and then does this like holy CPR on this little Play-Doh figurine and all of a sudden this man is like running around like a crazy person. I mean, wow, I I just created life. Like here's the thing, the breath of God is literally in our lungs. Did you know that? Like this amazing idea that, that we have the breath of God. It's, it's what gives us life. 
A little while later in Scripture, in the book of Job, if you're not familiar with uh, Job, this man in the Old Testament, it was a long story short, he was a man who had everything, every rich, uh, riches uh, galore. I mean, everything you could ever want, uh, all the relationships you could ever want. I mean, he had everything. And long story short, it was all taken from him. He lost it all. He lo- his friends and family either left him or they died. He lost his own health. I mean, he just lost everything. In fact, it was so bad at one point in Job chapter 9, he looks up to God and he says, God, why won't you let me even catch my breath? You ever feel like that? Like, man, life is just crushing in on me. God, why won't you give me a break? Why can't you let me catch my breath? And then toward the end of the book, when God is restoring Job, when God is bringing healing and wholeness to Job's heart and soul and life, we see these words. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. You see, when we breathe intentionally, it's a reminder of our dependence on God. That we were created in the beginning with the breath of God, and we were built for connection with Him, dependency on Him. So much of our dependency and so much of our connection on him uh, gets clouded by all these other stressors in life. And so today, throughout the rest of our time, we're going to have some, uh, some speaking, we're going to have some singing. We, we're going to invite you to remain seated and simply receive. We want you to remain seated, to be focusing on your breath and to receive whatever it is that God might want to minister to your hearts this morning. And so as we get ready to sing a song together Let's take a few more intentional deep breaths. In for four seconds. And out for four seconds. Restore every heart that 
Jesus calling out, then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, I commit my spirit to you. And with that, he breathed his last breath. As we continue in our uh, retreat today, I want us to consider the 
reality of, of these words. The phrase or the saying to breathe one's last breath has become a bit of a euthanism, hasn't it, in our culture. It's to kindly or nicely say that someone has died. And yet the significance that we see in scripture that the very breath of God is what gives us life. The very breath of God is what animates our bodies. It is no small thing that Luke both and his contemporary Mark choose the words, not that Jesus died, but rather that Jesus breathed his last breath. As a pastor, I've had plenty of opportunity in my life to sit aside a bed as someone has breathed their last breath. And if you've ever been in that situation, if you've ever witnessed someone dying, if you've ever witnessed someone taking that last breath and you know how surreal that moment is, the weightiness of it, the finality to it. And regardless of where you're at in your faith, no matter how strong you are in your faith, no matter how mature you are in your faith, we all in that moment experience the sharp pain of love's untimely divide in this life. And the feeling begins to wash over us that this is not the way that it's supposed to be, that, that this is not the way that it's supposed to go. We sit there next to our loved one, waiting for them to, to suddenly open their eyes and, and we reawaken, knowing full well that that's impossible. We sit there in the loneliness of that moment. We endure as believers the waiting for reunion that is promised to us, all the while haunted at night by the question, is there really anything more than this void that is so deep inside of me? Surely the disciples on that Good Friday felt the same feelings that we feel, that they were there trying to play over and over again in their minds, Jesus' final hours, those final days, weeks, maybe even months, trying to make sense of the shock that they had experienced as Jesus breathed his last breath, that this was not this way that it was supposed to be, that, that the Messiah was not supposed to die. Could this really be the end of him? Jesus dies that evening on Friday. Friday gives away to Saturday. And we're faced with the very real fact that Jesus is in fact dead. That he truly tasted death and experienced the turmoil of being in death's grip. That, that he experienced fully entering into the land from which no one returns. And his disciples fully experienced the permanence, what felt like the permanence of his death that this is not the way that it's supposed to be. And yet Jesus breathing his final breath is at the very heart of our redemption. Very simply, sin is what dishonors God. That sin is trying to rob the glory that God has from him. It's to rob the glory of the most glorious being in the entire universe and somehow taking this amazing God and making him secondary to whatever it is our sinful desires want in that moment. The sin is whatever dishonors God. At the very simplest, that's what sin is. And the problem for all of us, we, all of us here today, is that us humans have gone on record devaluing God that we brought dishonor to God. At some point or another in our lives, we have all tried to devalue the most glorious being in the entire universe, and that is a serious, serious offense. In fact, in the scriptures, 
The punishment for that crime, as Paul would say, is death. That at some point in the unknown future that every single one of us here today, watching online today, we will breathe our last breath. And so the question that we have to wrestle with is not why do we die? We know why we die. We trample on the glory of the most glorious being in the world. That's why we die. The question that we have to wrestle with is why do any of us live? And the answer to that is found in these words, Jesus breathed his last breath. See, in the crucifixion, as, as Jesus is struggling to breathe, and that's what crucifixion is, that crucifixion was this ingenious uh, but very cruel tactic that the Romans used where men would literally crumple under their own weights and in doing so that they would rob themselves of breath. And so in this crucifixion moment, Jesus, struggling for breath, struggling under his own weight, looks to the side, sees the robber hanging on the cross next to him. And in that moment, the robber looks at Jesus with the eyes of a snake and he pleads with Jesus, are you the Christ? In other words, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that everybody's proclaiming to be God? And if you are, save yourself and save us. Like this is a, this is a pivotal moment in Jesus's life. Certainly Jesus could save himself. Certainly in this moment, Jesus could save us. But Jesus knows something, he sees something, he understands something that the robber, and for most of us, do not know, do not see, do not understand, and that is this, that Jesus could make a choice. He could either save himself, or he could save us, but he could not do both. And right there, in the words that we typically so quickly read over, is the importance of Jesus breathing his last breath. It's the heart of our redemption. That in spite of how much pain Jesus found himself in, how tired and weak, as he struggled to breathe the air into his lungs. In that moment, he found the strength to bat away Satan's final and greatest temptation to save himself. And instead, he breathed his last breath and chose to save you. The meaning of that decision, the greatest decision that Jesus ever made, cannot be understated in its importance and the impact that it has on every life here. That Jesus died the death that we all deserve, that he took on the punishment that was ours. That Jesus, for all those who believe in his name, that he took on the full weight, the full impact of God's wrath that was intended for us. He took that on his shoulders. Years later, Peter, one of his best friends, is writing, and he's trying to make sense of the saying that Jesus breathed his last breath. He's trying to help us see what this is all about, and he writes these words, that he himself, that being Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree. I mean, like, look at this, that Jesus, God himself, bore the penalty of the crime that we committed of trampling on his glory, that God took that on his shoulders, he died on the cross so that we might die to sin, that the sin in our life might be pushed away and that we might live to righteousness. For by his wounds, the brokenness of his body, the pouring out of his blood, you have been healed. 
And so as we prepare our hearts for communion, here's what I want you to do. For a moment, I want you to, to just close your eyes with me. And like Chris led us in, I want you to take a key, couple of deep breaths in and deep breaths out. And as you're breathing in and out, I just want you to pray the simple prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Breathe in. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Breathe out. Breathe in and realize the mercy that God has shown you. Breathe out. Breathe in and see how at the cross, Jesus answered this prayer. Breathe out. Breathe in. Know the love that God has for you this day. Breathe out. I invite you to take the elements of communion. As we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, the mercy that he showed to you and me as sinners, that by his body being broken, we find our healing. And so today as a church, we remember together. And as his blood is poured out, as Jesus breathes his last breath, there is where we find our redemption. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing to save us. Jesus Christ. 
exalted far above all gods. For the Lord art high above all the my wife bought me this Apple Watch. And, um, sorry. I think I'm good up here. Mic's off? Green is good, people. I'll use this guy. How's that? See, that's what I like to sound like. All right. I sound big. All right. So four years ago, my wife bought me this, uh, this Apple Watch. So uh, raise your hand if you have or have had one of these. Okay. Pretty cool device, right? It connects you to your iPhone and, and uh, all the alerts are there and stuff. I, I like that. What I didn't like about it when I first got it was I put it on my arm and uh, the first time, like, it vibrates, and I look down, and it's this blue screen that says, it's time to breathe, right? And I remember, like, the first thought that came through my mind was, like, dang it, she got me an anger management bracelet, right? It was like, shoot! Ugh! 
And I was angry, right? Uh, right? Um, and, then, and then I was frustrated, like, what, why is Apple trying to teach me to do something that I think I'm pretty darn good at, right? Like, I've been living for a while, and I'm, I'm a good breather, I think. So I didn't understand that. Well, regardless of what Apple's motive was in, in the app that they loaded their watch with, what we learned today is that the Bible actually teaches us that breath is the central theme throughout the Bible. Uh, Pastor Chris shared how when God created Adam, um, it wasn't just the merging of organic matter, right? But that God actually um, infused his design breath into Adam. Like part of the beauty of humanity is the, the divine breath of God. Like your dog is really cool, right? But he doesn't have the breath of God. You are distinctly different than everything else in creation. We saw from, from Matt how Jesus, the, the one who breathed life into Adam, when he died, it doesn't just say that he died, it says he breathed his last. What does that mean? When the one that gives breath of life dies and doesn't breathe anymore. And then we just sang through this amazing reality that, that, that Jesus in the resurrection, he breathed again and he carried on in the mission of restoration and hope. And in our time together, what I would like to encourage us in is breath is central to the life of a follower of Jesus. Breath is central to the life of a follower of Jesus. And if you've been around church, you're, you're probably thinking, wait a second, like faith, hope, love, right? Maybe obedience, like those are all church words. Like breath, we don't really talk about much. But we have saw from the Bible today that from Genesis through the life and ministry of Jesus, that breath really is this thread through all of the Bible. And in John chapter 20, after the resurrection, there's a, there's a passage that, that often pe uh, people overlook, but it's critical for us to understand how to live our lives. So, so the crucifixion happened, Jesus is executed on a Friday, and the disciples run, and they're afraid that they're going to receive the same fate that he did, right, as his followers. So they're locked behind closed doors for three days. And then the morning of the third day, Peter and the women go to the tomb, and Jesus isn't there. And so they come back, and they say, he's gone. He, he, he rose from the dead. And they're like, yeah, we don't know. Like, we need to see this to believe it. And then Jesus shows up in physical form in the room that they're in. And that's where we pick up this, John chapter 20, verse 22. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now there's a lot of things going on in this passage, specifically Jesus commissioning them to go do God's work, right? Forgiving people. But in the center of it is this reality. The only way they could fulfill that is to receive the breath of God. That in the same way that God spoke life or breathed life into Adam in the creation of humankind, Jesus, resurrected Jesus, breathes spiritual life into the people that follow him. 
So why is this important today as we begin a brand new year together? And I'd like to challenge us. It's, it's, it's important for two specific reasons. The first is to live the spiritually empowered life, you and I have to stay connected to God. It's a continual connection. It's not a once a week connection, right? And in the same way that we need breath in our daily lives, we need to be aware and connected to God. See, the Bible paints a picture that Christians are different than other people on the planet, right? We all live in the same world. We experience the same things physically. But when you become a Christian, you're connected to God in a way that other people are not. Christian author John Eldridge says that Christians are like amphibians, which, which are animals. I don't know if they're animals. I don't know. It's been a long time. But they're creatures that live in both water and on land. And his, his explanation is we, we're created to live in the physical world where everybody lives, but to have this divine connection to God. If you've ever been snorkeling, you've experienced this reality, right? You're, you're kind of floating and you're looking at this amazing world that you can't actually live in. But you have this tube that's connecting you to this connection to air and this whole environment that's actually sustaining you. And that's what it's supposed to be for us on a daily, moment-to-moment -moment basis. Spiritually thinking, when, speaking, when you and I breathe, we have the opportunity to inhale the goodness, the sovereignty, the wisdom, the peace of God. We can inhale good things and we can exhale fear, anxiety, uncertainty. Let me ask you this, as we begin this new year, what would you like to exhale from your system? Breathing lets us do that. And the really cool thing is, unlike the Apple Watch, which is just kind of like a momentary Lamaze moment, right? I don't know how you're supposed to really do it, right? Um, but breathing for the Christian is actually an opportunity for us to, to do something in that space of breathing. See, when you wake up in the morning, instead of rolling over, and, and I hope you don't do this, but and looking at your phone to see what the world's expecting of you today, First thing you can do is you can wake up, take a breath, and just acknowledge that God is present and he's going to provide everything you need for that day. You can take a breath when you walk into various settings of your day and just trust God that he's going to give you the words to say and the wisdom that your workplace or your family or your friends need from you in that day. And as life pressures mount and you feel your body tightening and you just want to kind of, kind of muscle your way through it, we can take a breath and just rest that God doesn't want us to carry everything, that he wants to carry the majority of the load and for us to discern what he wants us to do in the midst of that. So let me ask you this. In, in the rhythm of your everyday life, what does that look like? I mean, are you feeling a connection to God through the various classes or your workspace or family time or, or all the things that you do? Or is it kind of a, a prayer in the morning and then you get after it? 
And no offense, but I suspect most of us don't actually experience that ongoing connection. As a pastor for many years, I I, I talked to tons of people, good people, well-intended people who tell me, uh, yeah, they go to church, they listen to a Christian podcast, they read the Bible sometimes, they might read a Christian book, uh, read the Christian meme on their screen, listen to a podcast here and there, but by and large, we just kind of try to muscle our way through it. Years ago, one of my buddies, actually a a worship leader at, at, at one of my old churches, told me in all honesty, said, James, I pray on the way to work and then just try to not embarrass God during the day. And I, I, I loved his honesty in that, but let me ask you this. Don't you want more than that? I mean, are you tired of striving in your own strength and my own strength to live your life between the lines and not embarrass God? Whatever your expectation of, of what your life should look like, is that really what you were created for and what you're looking for? What would this year look like for you and for me if we learned to breathe differently? I mean, if we learned to punctuate our days with just 60 second times that we paused and we breathed. And in this, breath can be a lot of things for us, right? It can be um, 60 seconds of silent meditation on the goodness of God. It can be 60 seconds of a quiet prayer for whatever you need in that moment. It can be 60 seconds of just giving yourself a time out, right? So that you can collect your thoughts, right? Most of us did timeouts with our kids when they were little. Hey, you still need it. I still need it, right? But for a whole different reason. See, in one minute, we can change everything. We can take a minute before we walk into the next meeting to reconnect with God and ourselves. As we come home from work or whatever activity, we can sit in your, our car in the driveway for 60 seconds before we walk into the house to interact with the people we probably love more than anybody else in the world. When you feel your anxiety rising and your stress, and if you're like me, like when that happens, I usually just try to like punch my way through it, right? And does that end well? Never, right? Um, But in that moment, you can take a breath and I can take a breath and just let God kind of resettle things and discern what he actually wants us to do in those moments, or just the blessing of having a, sick, uh, having a Sabbath in the middle of your day, going on a walk in the beautiful Colorado sunshine, or looking at the beauty of the creation that is changing every day in front of our eyes, and just breathing like Adam and Eve in the garden, and resting in the goodness of God. See, God wants his people to experience this, to exhale the worries of the world and daily, hourly, moment by moment, breathe in his goodness. And as pastors of this church, that's what we long for Crossroads to be. Uh, We don't want a bunch of religious people just trying to muscle their way toward not embarrassing God in North Denver. We want to be people who breathe the goodness of God and then carry that to the places where our feet take us during the week. So we're going to continue worshiping, 
singing of the goodness of God. And I'd like for you to stand and I'm gonna lead us as we stand. So stand, there you go, all right, thank you. (laughs) I'm gonna lead us in a moment here. So just take some deep breaths. As Pastor Chris said, four seconds in, four seconds out. And I'm gonna read this passage over us. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still.